This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Shavua Tov and uh, hello to everybody out there in the land of South Africa and elsewhere that you tune into Chai FM. And uh, yes, I'm back in my seat. It's been a little bit erratic after Yantav and I, I have to apologize for that. We finished um, up, I gave one lesson and I was away And I just want to talk a little bit about it I generally don't uh, share um, my my comings and goings But I had the wonderful opportunity of being in the land of Israel last week And um, I always come back completely inspired And um, I, my whole attitude to, to what is happening and how it's happening um, changes. We, we kind of like just don't really get the full picture until we experience it. And, uh, unbeknownst to me, when I flew off last Sunday to Israel for the week, I was expecting a really, um, nice, you know, a little break away, uh, for the week and, uh, a good part of the week from Tuesday till Thursday, we were dealing with the reality of the rockets as everybody Heard and uh, was was informed, and uh, it gave me a lot of food for thought because there's a few things that I just want to shout out there, and it's very much connected to the chumash that we are learning. We're in the parasha of Lech Lecha, um, and this is the parasha where God gives Abraham the command to Lech Lecha to go out from his land, from his birthplace, from his family, to the land that he will show him. And this entire parasha talks about Abraham walking the length and breadth of the land of Israel and going through the various trials and tribulations that um, God brings his way. And um, as I flew out last Sunday, I came back last night, which is Exactly a week. Um, I was thinking I'm just leaving on the heels of Lech Lecha and um, I'm going back to reclaim the land that was shown to my forefather Abraham and indeed it was an experience not without trial and tribulation but there were certain things that um, were re-emphasized to me not that they were things that I did not know, but things that just need re-emphasizing because you kind of lose the plot when you are stuck here in, in the diaspora, in your, you know, your Dalad Amot, in your, in your sphere of influence. The first is, is that one does not acquire, um, Eretz Israel without trial and tribulation. It's not a picnic to live in the land of Israel. There are many, many tremendous Tremendously wonderful things happening there. It is, it's very vibrant. There is a, there is a soul to, to the place. There is something for everybody across the entire spectrum of your Jewish identity. And really it does, um, give somebody that sense of commitment, that sense of belonging in, in the land. And that, that always is a, an eye opener for me because we tend to get stuck in our own little niche wherever we are and we don't realize that there actually is a whole world. And because Israel is so um, complex in the people that live there, different languages, different cultures, different spaces, different uh, spiritual connectivity to the land of Israel, the land of Israel is giving absolutely everybody 
um, a, a, a space there to, to, to express themselves. Do I agree with everything there? No, I don't. But it's actually incredible how the land has, has blossomed, um, and how things have, are always changing and, and, and moving forward in an incredible way. But as I said, without trial and tribulation. And certainly for us, we were rudely awoken on Tuesday morning um, by divine providence. We were supposed to stay in Tel Aviv, and we chose not to. We moved a little further north to Netanya, but we were coming into um, Tel Aviv for the day, and we were phoned and told that our plans all had to be cancelled because Everybody in the Tel Aviv area moving down to the south were now confined to bomb shelters. A bit of a shock to the system because the day before, my husband and I freely traveled around the entire south. And for those who were watching the videos coming out of the the land of Israel uh, during this time uh, last week, there's one particular um, clip that... um, Made, made it quite, went around quite in a viral fashion and that was of a lone missile that wasn't intercepted and that blew up on a highway and thanks to Hashem and his incredible protection, there were cars on the highway and nobody was hurt. But what was quite rattling, um, for me, in particular was that we were at that particular intersection the day before. But having said that and um, watching how the the Jewish people reacted to uh, this barrage of over 400 rockets, um, I have to say that the media and that which went out to the world was far more hyped than what was really happening in Israel insofar that um, the Israelis take this reality as, as, as daily lives. And the only way that I could really understand it was just understanding the way we live in South Africa. You know, when people are from outside the country and they go, how can you go to South Africa? There's so many hijackings and murders and, 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 and the crime that is in South Africa. Those that live in South Africa know what the, the reality is. We are aware of it. We live with the precautions that we need, but it doesn't stop us from functioning every single day and having normal lives. And I have to say that was a, a big eye-opener for me because while the, the media and Facebook and, uh, you know, the outside world was hyping, hyping, hyping it up, and I'm not denigrating from it. There were 400 missiles that were coming our way. The Israelis took it very much the same way that South Africans w- would take the crime and just went around the day. If you happen to be in Tel Aviv and Modi'in and Cholon, uh, Ashkelon, Ashdod, so you spend, you know, everybody just shifted their agendas and spent the day in the in the bomb shelters or very close to bomb shelters and people just shifted around. We had an appointment to see somebody and they went, sorry, I'm not going to be there now. I'm, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to run my life from there today or alternatively, you know, we can Skype or do something else. And they really went along, you know, th- their lives very calmly and um, and very much the way that we treat the crime um, in South Africa. That that was quite an eye-opener um for me, and something that just actually puts it in perspective that sadly that is the reality of of living in the the, the Middle East and the tensions that we find ourselves in, but comforting at the same time, knowing that what was really happening behind the scenes, and perhaps nobody will know 
because we're only fed what we need to know was that we do have um, an intelligence arm and we have a military arm that is looking after uh, the protection of the people of, of Israel and certainly the assassination of um, the terrorist in Gaza um, and that other one that happened in S- Syria simultaneously um, was there to fend off um, obviously much, much greater things. And you feel actually pretty safe, which was something that I couldn't couldn't really find um, a similar thing to here in South Africa in that everybody there is looking out for everybody else and we they have a government and a military and, you know, the various infrastructures that do look after, after us. So that was like quite an interesting perspective that I got and I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful that Hashem protected us and I'm grateful that Hashem protected the whole of Klal Israel, the whole of the Jewish people in the land um, and that certainly must never, ever, ever um, not, you know, be fallen down and, and say, well, it was the government and the military. It certainly was God, um, whose agents, the military and the government, were then able to execute. This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. And welcome back. And just before we continue, I've just got to give a little shout out to a very special young lady, Rivka. I'm not going to give your surname over the radio, but, uh, thank you for listening. Picking up from where I left off, so this whole experience in in Israel um, last week gave me a, a, a much deeper perspective as to the dynamics of what was happening, but also understanding, just connecting it back to the, the Chumash, to what we are learning now, and the acquiring of the land of Israel, and the trials and tribulations that Abraham underwent and, and, and experienced you know, 3,300 years later, we're very much in the same position. And today, very interestingly, um, we are going to be talking about the mitzvah of circumcision, of Brit Milah, or as we know it in South African terms, having a bris. Um, and I'd like to go through the various verses with you, and uh, you will see that primarily this is a mitzvah that is fundamental to the Jewish people. And in fact, um, the mitzvah of Brit Milah um, actually has such great merit, not only for the people performing it and, and, and for the person themselves, but it says that in the merit of Brit Milah, we have the existence of the land of Israel. Um, and so it's very interesting that through divine providence, my visiting and my teaching now actually um, come full circle or give a much, much greater view of things than as we are, we tend to narrowly look at them. So I'm going to uh, jump off in chapter 17, verse 1. Um, this is in Genesis, of course. And we're picking up now after the story of Yishmael. Um, and interesting, again, um, who are we dealing with in Gaza and in our neighbor's other than the descendants of Yishmael, but that will be for a discussion later on. Verse one of chapter seventeen reads, "Vayhi Avram ben Tishim shana v'tesha shanim." Avraham was ninety-nine years old. Vayera Hashem el Avram. God appears to Avram by Yomer Elav, and God says to him, "Ani kel shakai. I am the Almighty God. Hitalech lifnei v'hiye tamim." Walk before me and be 
perfect. Now, this has a lot of 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 uh, repercussions on Abraham and who he is and what God is telling him to do because God continues and says I am going to set my covenant between me and you and I am going to increase your numbers a lot. Now, we've spoken about it before. We know that Abraham was a great astrologer. He didn't have any children with his wife Sarai, and that was making him feel pretty bad. We went through the whole debacle with Hagar, which didn't turn out very well. Um, but still, Abraham and Sarai they were a they were a partnership of bringing the word of God to the people around him, and he knew he could see that he was not going to have any children by Sarai. He was already 99 years old. Sarai was 89 years old. And therefore, in order to introduce the idea again of the fact that he will have a direct descendant to take on the mantle of leadership, God introduces himself as Kel Shakai, omnipotent, that he is almighty God, meaning Abraham, don't worry. Um, your destiny um, will be changed and I will cause you to have children. And this is what God does say. I will set my covenant between me and you. I will increase your numbers very much. And in fact, in, in fact, what he was really telling um, Abraham is that you are no longer, you will no longer be under the power of the stars. Um, I am your overseer. And that's why he says to Abraham, Walk before me, okay, and be perfect. And that makes the introduction for God telling him to circumcise himself. Um, one of the ideas, one of the concepts we have in Judaism is that in order to attain a level of perfection, and this is, we are talking a level of perfection on a spiritual spiritual sense, um, one requires to be circumcised. And this is now where um, God is introducing this concept to Abraham and telling Abraham that he now has to circumcise himself. We're told that in the beginning, Abraham um, went to three of his friends. Um, Their names were Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre. And he asked them, what should I do? Should I listen to God? Okay, um, should I circumcise? I know that once I circumcise myself, I'm going to be different from many, many men. And they, maybe they'll even wage war against me. Maybe they'll want to kill me. Um, I know that if I circumcise myself, I am going to be left weak and sick. And what should I do? Now, his three friends responded in three different ways. Aner, we are told, according to the Midrash, said, Look, you're an old man, you're over 99 years old, why are you endangering your life? And Eshkol said, if you do this, you'll make many enemies, you won't be able to fight against them. Mamre, on the other hand, went and said, Abraham, when Nimrod cast you into the fiery furnace in Urkasdim, God saved you. When you went to battle against the four kings and their heavily armed troops, God gave you victory. When there was a famine in the land of Canaan, God kept you alive. Can you not see God has given you all of these miracles? Surely you should obey the commandments no matter what he says. Now the question is why would Abraham, Avram at that point in time, go seek advice from his friends regarding God's commandment 
that he should circumcise himself. So there's a few reasons given. One is, is that it's not that he had a doubt of faith. He was asking them because he was testing them to see if they truly believed in God. And through the answers, you can actually go and see that um, Av- Aner and Eshkol were not a hundred percent on the same page as Av- uh, as as Avram, whereas Mamre was a strong believer. Mamre said. Go circumcise yourself, and not only go circumcise yourself, do it in a public forum. Okay, Aner and Eshkol tried to dissuade themselves um, because they were worried where how Avram was going to fit in, etc., etc. And this is the first lesson that we have regarding um, regarding Brit Miller. We know that having a bris is an indelible indelible mark upon one's body that one cannot. Uh, reverse and this is the first idea behind circumcision is that when one circumcises one's child one is indelibly marking them as a Jew and that is an everlasting covenant with God and therefore the repercussions of the merit of this mitzvah is very 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 powerful because it's not something that you can feel like doing today and in a week or god forbid a, a, a month or a year you choose not to you go say well i, I don't want to do that anymore i'm not keeping this mitzvah it's a mitzvah that indelibly marks um, the body and the soul of the child and it is something that that um we do irrespective of where we hold ourselves on the continuum of spiritual connectedness. Now, in the beginning, God wasn't exact into how or what he should circumcise. He said you should go circumcise yourself. You should walk perfectly. You should be perfect. And when it came to the entire idea, the Midrash tells us that initially Avram didn't know where to circumcise himself because when we look in the Chumash, there are four places where we have verses that relate to the idea of it being uncircumcised. For example, in Yirmiyahu, in Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah says their ear is uncircumcised. What does it mean? It means, Yirmiyahu, that that B'nai Israel, the people of Israel, had closed their ear to any type of correction of, of correcting themselves. We know, so that's one type of uncircumcision, when you close your ear and you don't want to hear um, anything further. Then the second time that we hear about an uncircumcised organ, um, we hear it from Moshe, who says, I have uncircumcised lips. He said that to God in Exodus. Um, and that is where he was saying that his lips did not have the ability to articulate to to Paro, to Pharaoh, um, God's um, desire to take the Jewish people out. Thirdly, in Deuteronomy, we are told that you should circumcise your uncircumcised hearts, meaning that they, they, we can, a person can find himself in a situation where his heart is closed, where he, he, he's not able to feel, he's not able to connect, he's not able to process uh, something emotionally. And then, of course, the fourth um, uncircumcised verse that we have is now the mitzvah to circumcise where Avram, God tells Avram, you shall circumcise the flesh of your uncircumcision. 
And from that, um, Avram deduced where it is that he should circumcise, meaning Avraham, until it came to the fact that the Jewish people became a nation, until then Avraham and then moving down and the other Avot held the the, 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 the post, so to speak, of the high priest of the Kohen Gadol. Now, one of the important um, characteristics of a Kohen, of a priest, is that he must be physically perfect. He can't have any blemish. Otherwise, he cannot serve or offer any sacrifice in the temple. Now, since Avraham and his offspring would all be Kohanim, they could not be circumcised in a place that would be considered a blemish. So you couldn't go and circumcise your mouth, your ear, or your heart. Otherwise, that would disqualify you from being the Kohen. So from that, he understood, number one, that the circumcision had to belong um, in, in the reproductive organ. The second thing that he understood was from the verse that God says, I will increase your numbers very much. Well, how are you going to increase your numbers? Well, by him being fruitful and multiplying. And therefore, he deduced that that is where circumcision would take place. I'm now going to read the verses um, that are uh, of, of the full story and then come back and pick up on some other ideas and perhaps discuss Brit Miller a little bit more. God then goes and uh, sorry, in verse 3, Avraham, Vayipo Avram Alpanav, Avram falls on his face, Vaidaber Ito Elokim Lemor, and God speaks to him saying, Ani Hinevriti Itach, behold, um, here is my covenant with you, Vehayita Laav Hamon Goyim, you are going to be a father of a huge nation, of a multitude of nations. Velo Yikare Od Echimcha Avram, in addition to you being circumcised and you're going to be the father of many nations, you are not, you're no longer going to be called Avram. The Hayashimcha Avraham. Now your name will be Avraham. Ki Avhamon Goyim Netaticha. Because I will set you up as the father of many nations. The Hivreti Otchabim Od Meod. I will increase your numbers many times over, very, very much. And from you, um, I will set up nations and kings will descend from you. And God continues in verse 7 and 8 and says, And I will maintain my covenant between me and with you, between your, your offspring, Myself and your offspring throughout your generations as what? Lebrit olam. It's an eternal covenant. This is not something I, I will do today. I won't do tomorrow. It is an eternal covenant. Lihiyot lecha lelokim. That I will be for you a God. Ulezaracha acharecha and to your children after you. Venatati lecha ulezaracha acharecha. It eretz megorecha. And here we can now see the connection between Brit Mila. And acquiring the land of Israel, I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your, where you are a um, sojourning, where you are a temporary resident. Et kol eretz kanan achuzat olam. I'm going to give you the whole land of Israel as an eternal possession. Vehayita lahem lelokim. And I will be a God for you. 
And then just to find it, to finish it off, God says, Vayomer Elohim al Avraham, God says to Avraham now, Vaata et briti tishmor, you need to keep my covenant, Ata vizaracha acharecha ledorotam, you and your offspring after you forever, for all generations, Zot briti ashe tishmuru beini, ubenechum ubein zarecha acharecha, hamol lachem ko zachar. This is the covenant that we are going to keep me, between me and between you and between your offspring. After you, you need to circumcise every single male. You will circumcise through the flesh of your foreskin, foreskin, and this shall be a mark of the covenant between me and you. And at eight days old, every single male will be circumcised throughout your generations. And this also includes um, house-born slaves, as well as those you purchased with cash from an outsider who is not your descendant. So having Brit Miller was not only for the Jewish people, but that which the Jewish people owned. Hamol yimol yalid beitcha mi maknat kaspecha vahiti briti besarchehem lebrit alam. Ve'arel zachar et asher lo yimol et besar olato v'nichrota hanefeshahi me'amecha et briti hafer. This shall be my covenant in your flesh, an eternal covenant. And the uncircumcised, the male whose uncircumcised flesh was not circumcised, and this is a big punchline, will be cut off from its people, for he has broken my covenant. A very, very heavy, heavyweight mitzvah, meaning if you are circumcised, you are not only showing your um, attachment to God, an eternal covenant, you will also inherit the land, and all will be well for you. And if, God forbid, you do not fulfill the mitzvah, of Brit Milah, then the punishment is karet. Karet is a spiritual excision from the Jewish people, meaning the spiritual um, flow of connectedness that one has, us with God and with all other Jews, will be cut off. It is not a, um, a if I can put in, in inverted commas, a punishment that anybody wants uh, to 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 have or to get or to receive there are very few other mitzvot in the Torah that are so powerful so we're going to go for a break right now and afterwards we're going to understand a little bit more about the whole idea of Brit Miller This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Welcome back, and as always, um, I welcome any questions, any any ideas that you'd like to share on air. Our SMS number is 34519, Telegram 061-895-1019. So we've just gone through the verses that, um, are, that God speaks about circumcision, and just for us to actually understand a little bit more uh, what is happening and who is obligated in the mitzvah and how is the mitzvah performed. So 
Very interestingly, if you look back at the verses we read, so verses 1 to 14, and you look at the word covenant, Brit, um, we kind of use the Ashkenazi uh, form of Brit and call it Bris. So if you look at the word Brit or Bris, you will see that God actually made 13 covenants with Abraham. And um, we are told that this is a very, very important um, covenant, and that's why it is repeated so often. Now, <clears throat> the halakha goes as follows that, first of all, a child cannot be circumcised without his father's permission. Okay? So if the if the parents choose god forbid not to circumcise the child then it says that the leaders of the community should try way in and still have it done even against the parents will i'm not sure that that can really um have weight today in modern times where there is jurisdiction of what parents can and what you know uh, what you can override in terms of parents but it says if the child was not circumcised and he remains uncircumcised then certainly by the time he comes to the age of 13 years old he must have himself uncircumcised if god forbid that does not happen then he incurs the penalty of karate which means as i said he gets cut off from his spiritual source um, and some are even more punitive. Some, some commentators say that he will die before his time or he will die without children. Um, there's a very interesting idea in the Talmud that King David once entered a bath and he re- saw his naked reflection and he said to himself, Woe unto me, I am naked of all commandments. And then it said that he happened to look down and see his Brit and um, when he that that made him feel better and when he emerged he composed Psalm twelve, which is the Psalm for the eighth, which is a psalm thanking God for sanctifying him with the commandment um, of having Brit Miller on the eighth day. And very interestingly this Psalm twelve is now a psalm that is part of the the Brit Miller um, ceremony and Ashkenazic Jews have incorporated it into that. Now, um, because the mitzvah of Brit Miller is so important, the circumcision should be held within the presence of a minyan of 10 adult men. If 10 men are not available, then one can still circumcise a child without hesitation. Interestingly, Brit Milah is so important that if, God forbid, you're put in the position where a relative dies on the same day that you are to do a Brit Milah, you must first complete the Brit Milah and then only attend to the funeral of your deceased. Um, it is also said that the reward of this mitzvah is absolutely extraordinary. It says special angels um, take the blood and store it in a special place. Obviously, this is metaphoric. And when God is angry at his people, he looks at this blood and he has um, mercy on them. One interesting idea is that if, God forbid, somebody gives birth to a baby boy and the child is sickly and passes away before the eighth day, um, and or he is 
he, he dies before he's eight days old or he wasn't circumcised because of poor health and he passes away. When the Hebra Kedisha um, prepared the body for burial, they will circumcise the baby. Of course, then the regular Brit blessings are not recited in such a case, um, but the infant is given a name so that he would be remembered and that he will still remain um, part of of the, the the connection to the Jewish the Jewish people. So that is really an interesting idea. Another idea about Brit Miller is that we are told the Midrash tells us that God swore to Abraham that all of his descendants who will be circumcised will never ever descend into purgatory, into hell. And we are told that um, when one goes into the next world, Abraham stands God so that none of his descendants bearing the mark of circumcision enters the place of divine punishment. Um, so that, that shows again the weight of Brit Miller. And I guess then the question that we can ask, and it's a, a very intricate question, it's, it's quite a complex situation, is that all of this idea of Brit Miller is that you need to walk with God and be perfect. And that when a boy is born, he is born imperfect and we make him perfect. The question is, why did God not just create us as perfect? Why should we have this mitzvah all together? So the, 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 the one answer that I'm going to provide, and there are, are many, is that God wants man, wanted man to be created with a defect so that he has, he's a partnership in the covenant with God and that he removes that defect of his body because part of the entire idea um, in Judaism is that, that a man partners with God, that he has free will. And he can choose how he wishes to live his life. So you have free will to do good and not sin or vice versa. And so while perfection is a man that has Brit Miller, um, we have to make that choice to, 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 to behave in such a way. Why particularly Brit Miller on the uh, reproductive organ of a man? Well, then there's an entire other idea to the fact that the the sexual urge and the the drive that is found in human beings can be used in one of two ways either it can be used in its natural course which is um Torah sees it as coming from your nefesh bahamis from your animal soul where it's natural it's normal and it's desires and i need to fulfill them or you can take that very same idea and elevate it to something that is pure, that is holy, and that you direct the, those needs within you to elevate yourself and not only elevate yourself and your, and, 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 and your, your, your marriage, but also elevate the, the, the next generation of children, um, that come through it. And so the idea of circumcision on um, the reproductive organ is there purposefully in order to elevate the Jew to live a pure, holy life and to walk with God. 
This is Mystical Text with Adel Kazilski. Welcome back, and we only have a couple of minutes, so I just want to mention a few more things about Brit Mila. Obviously, we know that the most important person at a Brit Mila is the Sandek. He is the one who holds the baby while he's actually being circumcised, and this is the most important um, honor that one gives. In fact, it says anybody who is uh, meritorious to be a Sandek, um, his life is increased. Um, so that is very important. It is also very important, and I need to mention it out there. Um, it is pretty obvious, but mentioning it nevertheless, that in order for for one to fulfill the mitzvah of Brit Mila, of bris properly, one needs to have a mohel, a person who knows all the laws of the Torah and will fulfill the circumcision according to the laws of the Torah. Um, today, we sometimes tend and, and hear of people who say, I'll just get the doctor to do it while I'm in the hospital, or, you know, it will be a surgical procedure, not... Not, not a religious one, in order to fulfill and receive the incredible blessings, it has to be done by a mohel. One should wear good clothing in honor of it, and one should dress for the occasion. One should also have a meal, a very festive meal, um, and we learned that from Abraham. He made a feast on the day that he circumcised Yitzchak, as we'll see later in the Torah portion of Ayera, and so it is upon us to have a festive meal, just like we will have a festive meal um, at other important um, times and places in our lives. Finally, because time is running away, we also know that we have a very special guest that comes to the Brit Milah, and that is the Prophet Eliyahu. We say, This is the throne of the prophet Elijah. He's the angel of the circumcised covenant, and may he be remembered for good. It says, if you don't say that um, at the Brit Milah, Eliyahu doesn't come. Now, why does Elijah the prophet come to every Brit Milah? Because there was a point, and you can look it up in the Tanakh, in Malachim, in chapter 19, verse 10, where he said, to God, the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. And so he spoke badly about the Jews. And because God wanted to show him that despite all, Jews always do fulfill a mitzvah of Brit Milah, which is an eternal covenant with the Jewish people, Elijah the prophet visits, visits us then. Just to end, one should also know if one does hear about Brit Milah, one should go and be part of the ceremony because um, it bestows tremendous blessing, not only on the child, not only on the parents and family that, um, you know, whose simchat is, but also on all the participants. So I hope with that you've got a little bit of a better idea about Brit Mila. And please, God, next week we will continue the narrative of Avraham and how he goes through the Brit Mila and then what happens consequently with his wife, Sarai. In the meantime, I wish you all a Shavua Tov. You can have a fantastic week ahead of you, and I'll be back same time, same place next week.